Thanks for joining us today. I'm Dr. Deepak Chona with Sports Med Analytics, and today we're going to dive deep on Tua Tagovailoa's injury history. We've got a lot more content for you on the site, so make sure you check out sportsmedanalytics.com. So let's jump right in. Tua's first injury comes in March 2018 when he broke his left index finger, which is his throwing hand. He unfortunately hit the finger on an offensive lineman during a follow-through in a practice and underwent surgery and did not miss any games. Overall, this is a little bit of a fluky injury, seems unlikely to cause him problems down the road. Moving on to October 2018, Tua sprained his right knee and was seen to re-aggravate the injury the following week on a non-contact play while scrambling. He was evaluated in the medical tent on the sideline and was seen to be walking without crutches or an obvious limp shortly thereafter. He did not return to that game, but reports from both Tua and coach Nick Saban after the game were that he could have returned if he had been needed. He did not miss any further game time as a result of this injury. Non-operatively treated knee sprains generally involve structures that will heal fully on their own. Therefore, I don't expect this to be a recurrent issue for Tua. Two months later, in December 2018, Tua sustained a high ankle sprain on his left side that was treated with a tightrope procedure. He returned to play an Alabama's bowl game about four weeks later. The following season, in October 2019, Tua sustained a high ankle sprain to his right side and underwent a similar tightrope procedure and returned after missing only one game. In high-level athletics, there's commonly some mystery and secrecy involved in releasing the detailed injury specifics. While we don't know exactly what structures were injured and how severe the injury was, we can gain some insight based on the amount of time that he missed. For both his right and left ankles, his time to return to play was relatively short. We have good data in professional athletes that indicates that shorter time to return to play is associated with a relatively less severe high ankle sprain and a lack of damage to the articular cartilage which protects the ankle joint. While we can't say for sure, this does point towards a positive outlook for Tua's ankles. Unfortunately, we don't have much data on NFL athletes who undergo tightrope surgery and their recurrence rates. However, we can anecdotally point to Emmanuel Sanders, who recently underwent this procedure on his right ankle and states that his ankle feels great afterwards. He notably did return to play for the entire season without missing any games following the surgery. While I certainly wouldn't draw medical conclusions based on one case, this does demonstrate that NFL players can return to play and do well after tightrope surgery of their ankles. In his brief return from the injuries, Tua was seen to be moving well, and by now his ankles have almost certainly healed. So based on all the information and evidence that we do have, I don't expect this to drastically impact his short or long-term prognosis. Most recently, in November 2019, Tua sustained a hip injury in which he dislocated his hip and fractured the posterior wall of his acetabulum, or in other words, broke the bone in the back of his hip socket. This is a high-energy injury and is commonly associated with injury to structures inside the joint itself. Here at Stanford, we're in the process of summarizing all of the published medical literature on athletic hip instability. What we found is that in 27 patients who underwent arthroscopic hip surgery, or in other words, surgery through small incisions using a magnified camera to get a good look at the joint, over 90% had injuries to the articular cartilage, which lines and protects the bones in the hip joint. While we can't say for sure if Tua's injury involved cartilage damage, we do know that based on statements from his surgeon, Dr. Chip Rout, who is as well regarded as anyone in orthopedic trauma surgery, that Tua's injury did involve the fracture of the posterior wall that was fixed with plates and screws and repair of a torn labrum, which is a structure that helps to protect and confer stability to the hip joint. Tua's surgeons are reportedly very happy with his healing process. 
and the overall state of the joint. On April 2nd, Tua underwent an independent evaluation by Dr. Thomas Bird, a well-known hip and sports specialist. Because of the travel limitations imposed by the coronavirus pandemic, Dr. Bird conducted the evaluation on behalf of all 32 NFL teams and did a number of examinations that were requested by respective team physicians. The results from this evaluation were overwhelmingly positive, and it was even reported that Tua's injured hip was actually stronger than his other side. This is highly significant evidence in favor of Tua having a full recovery. Furthermore, on April 9th, Tua had a virtual pro day, and footage from the workout that has now been made public demonstrates that Tua is clearly moving at a high functional level. All of this information taken together tells us that Tua is probably going to make a full recovery from his hip injury. He is, however, at an increased risk of post-traumatic arthritis bothering him in his hip down the road. While we can't necessarily quantify or predict the timeline for this to occur, the fact that Dr. Rao has publicly stated his satisfaction with the appearance of the joint is a positive indicator. With the bone healed and the labrum successfully repaired, the recurrence rate theoretically for this injury should be relatively low as the hip is considered a relatively stable joint due to its anatomy. However, due to the rarity of the injury in athletics, we don't have a great amount of data to base his injury prognosis off of. Tua does have some degree of increased risk of necrosis of his femoral head, or in other words, when the bone of the ball part of the ball and socket joint dies due to injury to the blood supply that's sustained during the dislocation. However, we do know that the risk of this is associated with the amount of time prior to the reduction of the hip joint. University of Alabama team physician Dr. Lyle Kane reportedly recognized and realigned the joint very promptly following the injury, which significantly reduces Tua's risk of experiencing necrosis of his femoral head. This is the complication that famously ended Bo Jackson's playing career. However, I don't feel that the two are necessarily comparable as Jackson's injury was actually a subluxation, or in other words, a partial dislocation of his hip joint. As a result, Jackson felt as if he was able to continue to use the leg, and his condition was undiagnosed until it had been allowed to progress. Additionally, Jackson's injury was 30 years ago, and 30 years ago we did not have the same amount of medical technology, imaging, and capability for earlier intervention as we do today. Still, I expect that Tua's risk of necrosis is very low. The other prominent case of hip instability in, in the NFL comes from Dennis Pitta, former tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Pitta sustained his first fracture and dislocation of his hip in 2013 and returned approximately five months later and played quite well, including in a Super Bowl where he caught a touchdown pass. In 2014, he unfortunately dislocated his hip again, came back after two years, and returned to Pro Bowl form. However, in 2017, he sustained a third hip dislocation, which effectively ended his career. Based on the data in non-elite athletes, which is all we have to go off of, Recurrence is more likely the exception than the rule. Therefore, in spite of Bo Jackson and, and Dennis Pitta's complicated recoveries and, and ultimately poor outcomes, we don't necessarily expect these complications to occur to Tua. Notably, there have been recent reports this week based on comments made by Mike Lombardi, NFL insider, that Tua sustained two wrist injuries, at least one of which required surgery, and failed two physicals from NFL teams. The exact timing of the wrist injuries is unclear, but we do know based on the information that we have that we have seen Tua play and play very well since these reported injuries. Recurrence rate depends significantly on what the injuries were specifically, and these details have not been made public. However, there have been mentions made of a broken wrist, which is not an injury that we necessarily expect to recur. Regarding the failed physicals, it's possible that the sheer number of injuries and orthopedic surgeries that Tua has undergone were the reason for this. It is also very possible that this is not entirely accurate information as NFL general managers and executives have been known to attempt to manipulate the perceived value and draft stock of a player. 
What we do know and what multiple reliable sources have reported is that Tua's most recent physical on April 2nd, only 10 days ago from the date of recording, yielded very good results. Furthermore, his primary treating surgeons, Dr. Lyle Kane of Alabama and Dr. Chip Route in Houston, have both predicted positive outcomes publicly for Tua. These facts, along with the video evidence from his Truel Pro Day three days ago, lead us to believe that he will be ready for the start of the NFL season, should return to his pre-injury performance trajectory, and while he is at increased risk for long-term complications related to his hip injury, his risk factor profile is relatively favorable. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to visit the site, sportsmedanalytics.com, for more.